0: Building a dynasty, some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it
2: What is going on, everybody? We have made it through nine weeks of the NFL and fantasy football season. It is only taking me nine weeks this year to get to where I have officially retired for the year. So it's a lot better than last year. At least I almost made it to the playoffs. But we are pushing this that final push right here for your playoffs, uh, or you're, you know, starting to figure out what you're going to do here in the next couple of weeks when a fantasy is over for you, which is going to be me for about half of my leagues right now. And it's very very disappointing unlike flacco and his elite hair and i guess playing style that matt has mentioned on his tag there uh matt how are you doing today
1: i'm doing okay you know i i thought that game yesterday was going we'd be lucky to see 20 points combined uh and then i'm just out there watching joe flacco pretend like he's joe montana throwing the ball down the field to brashad perriman who apparently exists uh, and even the even the Patriots had a passing offense, and I was like, "Well, that about figures." You know, if you would have told me going into the weekend that Saints Buccaneers would be a one sided blowout, that wasn't worth your time, and Patriots Jets would be a shootout that came down to the last second, I would have told you you were high.
2: Yeah, you know, like uh, we talked about yesterday, obviously I was hoping for a good game. It, for the most part, turned out to be that. I mean, it was it was a very watchable game. Uh, you know, it, it was actually kind of a lot of fun. Well, it'd be interesting to see if, I, well, I guess we'll just jump right in and and, and talk about it. No point in, in delaying the inevitable here. Uh, Patriots do win 32-27. Cam Newton twenty four points. had fifteen. Damian Harris seven. Uh, Jacoby Myers twenty eight and Demir Bird eleven. Mar- Myers had the huge game here, two in a row, and it seemed to be having good, or seems to have good chemistry with Newton. Uh, is he a good play for you moving forward? Yeah, I mean,
1: who would have thought? for the Patriots uh, having Edelman go on IR and having Nikhil Harry get knocked out with a concussion would be the best thing that could happen to their passing game. But shockingly, that, that really seems to be the case. He had something really going well with Myers last night and they, they had looked good uh, the previous week uh, as well. He looks like he's had a somewhat decent connection with Demir bird most of the season and now is able to hit him. And I would say Going forward, even, you know, when Harry gets cleared to come back, we don't know exactly what the timetable for Edelman will be if he comes back. Myers is in there to stay. The Patriots have been looking for a receiver for the last couple of years to step in. And I Myers has looked really good. And I, I think that they actually hit on something and found an offense that worked. Their offense looked markedly better last night than they've looked the last three or four weeks
2: yeah um, you know it was it's he was a guy who who came on a little bit last year as well. I mean, I, I don't want to throw shade here, but I feel like it's the best way to make my point. I feel like everybody has have been hoping that what Myers has done last year and this year is what Nikhil Harry was going to be in this offense and and Myers has been able to do it. I'm with you I mean, hundred and sixty eight yards last night on nineteen targets. I'm not hundred percent sure how many catches he got, but I know he got nineteen targets like he he's the one in that offense, and we know that cam Newton. Can make fantasy players viable. I mean, he looked better last night. Now, how much of that is the Jets' defense, and how much of that is Cam Newton is actually back? I think is another question we need to talk about. But I'm with you. We'll we'll get to Myers. Obviously, we talk about our free agents here uh, in a little bit. But I think if he's available, I, I would go grab him. I mean, at this point, I think he's got low end wide wide receiver two upside if he's going to continue to have. I don't. He's not going to get you 168 yards every week, but I mean, he could. Was it was 168. Now I'm feeling like maybe that wasn't right. Yeah. I'll I like agree. that was a lot.
1: No, I think it was 168. That's what i was about to say. But he I was pretty much all of the
2: passing game.
1: Off, yeah. Which is kind of what made it a little uh, interesting him going up the box.
2: 169. I'm sorry. So I, I just pulled it up. So 169 yards. So, yeah, he – he's, he's the one. And I mean, uh, nothing against Demir bird, but, or Ryan Izzo at tight end. Like he, he's their most talented receiving threat on that offense. So if Cam Newton's going to continue to look for him and, and pepper him with targets, like he did last night, uh, he is definitely a guy that I would, uh, try and grab. And I, I expect him to be good moving forward. Uh, so going back to what I just said a minute ago, what are your thoughts on Cam Newton? I mean, he did look a lot better last night. Is that one of those things, you know, take it with a grain of salt because they were playing the New York Jets or, you know, maybe they finally look like they're turning it around?
1: I mean, I do want to see it happen against you – know, for fantasy purposes, he's been pretty decent all along. And if they can get the passing game to move the ball and they can move the ball running-wise – Newton's been their best kind of goal line threat. That's what really sucks, you know, for the people that were like like you playing Damian Harris. You know, I could, listening to the broadcast, they're like, well, they have Cam Newton or they have Burkhead, who's been elusive down here. I'm like, oh my God, let's come to this.
2: Yeah, well, the frustrating part about that, too, is so you guys, you know, because we were talking about this in our group chat, I needed, I ended up, because he got a couple big runs toward the end of the game, I lost by 4.3 points. And what was frustrating is before that last drive where he got hurt, where he was the one driving the them down the field, but multiple times... We saw him get them into the red zone, and then on one carry, he got it to like the two-yard line and got hit out of bounds. And I was like, okay, that's all right. Here we go. Here we go. Don't let Cam Newton vulture it. And then they pulled him up put Rex fucking Burkhead in. Rex Burkhead. And I was like, what?
1: "The The running back so rotation for the Patriots literally makes no sense. I think you probably saw my comment on that. First of all, congratulations to the Patriots for winning but that was the worst no. like game-winning no. drive series that I've okay. ever seen. It was almost like on that last series that they looked down and they were like, oh, yeah, James White is on our fantasy team and we haven't been playing him. We better get – because you, know, you have 30 seconds and three timeouts and you need to make like 60 yards. And they're doing check-down screens to White or a draw up the middle to White and using all their timeouts. And I was like, dude, they're not – they're not possibly going to score Myers bails them out, but I, I was, I couldn't believe what I, what I was watching, but it's also been confounding to me that white has been a really steady, great back for a number of years for them. And he almost is the odd man out right now. They were using Harris to run. It's almost like they they decide, well, Sony Michelle's out. We'll take James white out too. And it's almost like Burkehead slid into the James white role. And, Uh, Harris is doing what Sonny Michelle was doing, kind of carrying the first couple of downs, bringing them down the field, but the rotations have just been really off and it makes it tough to project who you're, who you're going to use and who you're going to play.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, like I said yesterday, I mean, I, I was obviously hoping, I didn't think that there was a chance that he could get me the 11 points I needed, because the biggest thing with Harris is, is he actually has been fairly steady when you look at it, and getting you like 70 to 80 rushing yards, he's not going to come through for you in a way you need him unless he scores. And that's obviously what we saw yesterday. Like, we need, I needed him to score, I'm sure most people who were playing him needed him to get that touchdown, and it just seemed every time they got down there it was I mean, Burkhead coming in, and, and, and you also, like you mentioned, Cam Newton is also their big goal lineback in a way as, as Josh Allen kind of is in Buffalo. So that also kind of caps his upside as well.
1: Well, and he's just getting zero passing game work. Yeah. Uh, to me, you know, I think that's, we've seen that before for running backs nowadays in PPR. If you're getting zero passing down work, if you're not the goal line back, it's going to be hard for you to be anything more than kind of a nominal flex.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, um, well, yeah, I mean, that's what he was pretty much for me yesterday because you know, Zeke is horrible so and i he technically i guess i believe outscored zeke i don't even know i guess no, i think zeke
1: ended up with eight uh, 8.9 points in ppr and he would have been 7.1 because he had 7 yeah he scored him
2: by point eight points in this league that i'm looking at here mm-hmm. zeke did so still would have lost i mean there's no way i was going to win this week which i guess in a way Makes the loss feel a little bit better because, you know, it's not like I did a couple weeks ago where I I had Giovanni Bernard and I did not put him in because I thought I was trading him. And I forgot to move back into my starting lineup and I lost by three points with Bernard scoring one on my bench. That's when that really bothers me. It makes me want to, as I put right there, retiring which I really feel like I should retire from fantasy football. Um, for the Jets side here, Joe Flacco, 20 points in this one. Frank Gore, seven. Michael P. Ryan, five. Rashad Perriman finally has his big game here, 27 points. Denzel Mims, 10. And Jamison Crowder, 10 points as well. The Jets' offense moved the ball well at times. Is Joe Flacco a better option at quarterback at this point than Sam Darnold?
1: Yeah, I mean, my – My tag is a little bit of a joke. I mean, he's still Joe Flacco. But he looked a lot better in the offense. I don't know if it's – part of me was thinking – I don't know if Sam Darnold has had all three of those receivers, uh, Crowder, Mims, and Barrowman available to him at any point this season either. Um, So maybe he would look better there, but I saw a lot of rumblings on Twitter and stuff that Flacco was a better fit for the offense might be better than Sam Darnold. He definitely looked like a better fit. He did make that one kind of, I think crucial mistake trying to force the ball deep um, that got picked off that kind of gave the the Patriots momentum and got them to be able to go down and get the tying score. But, I actually thought the Jets looked better last night than they've looked. You know, they looked really lifeless most of this season, and they looked a little better than that. Still, a little bummed that we're not seeing more from Lamichael Pirine. Uh, Frank Gore not only had more carries, he actually looked better for a while. Uh, but and also, still wonder sometimes about the play calls, I was making jokes, you know, early in the game, the announcers were talking about how this was a designed play for Braxton Barrios. And I was like, a designed play for Braxton Barrios. That sums up the Jets in 2020. (laughs) But when they kind of got into the flow of the game and uh, you started to see a little bit, of what we thought they might have in terms of potential. Crowder is definitely a pretty solid PPR weapon. With Mims and Paramount on the outside, you have a couple of actual deep threat weapons that you can connect with. Flacco's always been a pretty decent deep ball thrower. Um, He connected with Paramount on a couple of those. He got the ball to Mims a couple of times. I think they're slowly coming together. You're seeing some sense of what this offense maybe has some potential to be. Unless you own Chris Herndon,
2: in which case. He's dead. He ain't never coming back, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. was um, – we'll see. I mean, at this point, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about the Jets. I honestly feel like they're locked into Trevor Lawrence at this point. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think because I know they weren't this bad last year, but I'm pretty sure Adam Gase won like six out of eight last year toward the end of the season. Which they is did. kinda why everybody had this like huge like oh this is gonna be Sam Darnold's year, him they're gonna finally put it all together. And <laughs> then it just hasn't worked out. Well,
1: so I wonder if I mean they were know. quietly seven and nine last year, which was a pretty yeah. decent, you know, finish.
2: I mean, so yeah, I, I just, I kind of feel like they're locked into two not two uh, I'm sorry. Fields or Lawrence. I, I just, I feel like they're going to be one of those top two picks. I can't imagine Gase is going to be back and I don't think Darnold will be either. I mean, it's one thing I, I even forgot about this when I was looking at, I re- didn't realize that, um, I always call him the wrong name. Is it McDouglas? Right. I always think it. you have, it's the, got the MC on there or is it just Douglas?
1: Oh, I think it's, I think it's Douglas.
2: I always I always want to think it's Mick Douglas for some reason. I don't know why, but their GM it's like Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas. Okay, Uh, so Joe Douglas did not draft Sam Darnold. He, he was not part of the group that drafted him. So he doesn't have any real ties to him. I would think a team would give at least a second round pick at worst. I mean, I would still think you probably could get a first for Darnold. But I think if they get those one two spot, which I think they're going to, they're going to take a quarterback, have a whole new regime there. and I mean, I don't don't think that that's a that's 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 really an issue. I mean, you've got a team to build around. what sucks, I think for for Douglas per se? is that Gase won't play P. Ryan like you were just talking about. They continue to give Frank Gore the ball. Now, granted, as you said, he looked better last night, but I don't know if P. Ryan is is going to be your future star running back, but I do think he's a good piece that you could have part of this offense. I feel like it's time to start. We're no longer in, hey, we're going to go – Eight no, the rest of the season to make a push for the playoffs. You need to start evaluating these guys to see who is going to be on your team. And then, I mean, I kind of feel like we all know Gates is not going to be granted. Maybe if he does win the next eight, they'll keep him around. So I don't know.
1: Well, they only have seven games left because they're all in. Nine. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot
2: about that. So yeah, why do I keep thinking we're in week eight? Maybe because I don't want to accept that I'm three and six well, in a lot of leagues. So we're-
1: so- we're at that weird spot in bye weeks, too, where a lot of teams have played eight games now. That's why you typically do, like, the midseason award, uh, which we're going to get to in a minute, at in week nine, because then you can guarantee everyone's played at least half a season with bye weeks. But the Jets, they're going on their bye in uh, week 10. The interesting question to me, there's been a lot of rumblings. You know, Most people think Case is going to get fired. He's gotten some... What I would consider routine or tepid um, votes of confidence from the front office. A lot of times, when teams are going to make a coaching change midseason, they wait and do it at the bye. We saw uh, Atlanta do that. Yeah, uh, you have to wonder. You know, could this be a week where they now make a decision?
2: I, I mean I don't think so. We've talked about it. it you know, keep Gase there, baby. Let's lock up let's lock up Trevor Lawrence cuz you know if someone else comes in, I feel like they're going to do the same thing Raheem Morris is doing in Atlanta. He wants to win games because he wants to get that coach. He doesn't want to be the interim. He wants to be look like Greg Williams. I mean, look, I mean he's checkered at best, but what he did with the Browns, I mean, he turned them into a legit playoff team. Like I I would not – If I think if they fired him, if they fired Gates after whatever this week, and are like, hey, because Greg Williams is probably, in my opinion, the guy you're going to go with. I'm pretty sure he's the most tenured guy on that staff. So, Greg, well, what if he starts firing these guys up and turns around and then they end up doing winning six or seven of the next game? I don't know if they'll win all seven. So, five or six, you take yourself out of the Trevor Lawrence-Justin Fields race, and I don't think you want that. So, I think at this point is – I mean, I kind of feel like what you've said all along is just stick with the plan. Let Gase continue to tank your season for you so you can get one of those top two guys. Cause I mean, who is it? It's going to be between them and probably Jacksonville right now is the only other team with one win, right? Yeah. Then, Cause giants won last weekend. So they've got two. So it's really between those three. And I could honestly see the jets only getting the jets are going to get their win in week 15 when they beat the fucking Browns is what's going to happen. So I just feel jets, like coming.
1: The jets remaining schedule at the chargers, probably a loss. Home for the Dolphins, home for the Raiders, at the Seahawks, at the Rams, home for the Browns, at the Patriots.
2: Yeah, so week week sixteen, there's your win. You guys will beat the Browns and knock us really out of any shot at getting a wild card spot. I can already feel it. It's coming. It's just after losing to Las Vegas, this is this is it. Especially with the way they're. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. I'm, I'm I'm off the Browns. I'm off the Browns playoff train at the moment. So, uh yeah, it's. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it, but at this point, I think you just keep it going. I mean, he's I hate to put it this way, but he's doing bad enough to get you at least Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Why not just keep it going and get yourself Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? All right, mid season awards. As you just mentioned, it's kind of the mid season uh, for all the teams here. So I'll let you kick it off first. Who is your Let's let's start from. Let's, let's save the MVPs for last. So rookie of the year, I kind of feel like this is the no-brainer here, but other people yeah. may not agree with us, but we both agreed. Who is your rookie of the year?
1: So, I mean, I think you can make a case for um, a couple of players. You know, we've seen some of the rookie wide receivers have done pretty well. James Robinson, obviously, having – uh, potentially running back one season for the Jaguars kind of quietly. Joe Burrow has looked good. He was a, a picket early in the season, but I went with Justin Herbert, um, You know, guy we didn't expect to start so early in the season, ends up coming in thanks to uh, the world's worst uh, medical malpractice on Tyrod Taylor yeah. uh, in week two and just hasn't come out. He hasn't gotten – wins, but I don't know that's really a a function of him. Uh, When you look at his numbers, 2,146 yards, 17 touchdown passes, five interceptions in the seven games that he started, 166 rushing yards, two touchdowns, has only had three fumbles. So you're talking about a guy who's produced 19 touchdowns and only eight turnovers, Uh, really has given this team a lot of life, um and they've played through a lot of injuries they've gotten almost nothing in terms of running back production in several of those games and he's still been able to go he's had mike williams out he's had keenan allen out he's using donald parham he's using jalen guyton he's using people off the street he's getting it done he has looked calm cool and collected um and he has looked like the real deal to me
2: yeah, he has been phenomenal, obviously. I feel like I talk about him every week. He's he's my guy. I've loved Justin Herbert for two years. I I said last year or not, like last season, if he had come out, I would actually ha- I would still have taken Kyler Murray over him, but he would have been my easy two. Uh and, and this year he was my two behind Burrow as well. Like I, I loved Herbert. I think he's been phenomenal. You know I, I was I was making my case every week during the offseason that he should be starting by week 4 when they go 0 and 4 and I'm with you. I I never believe that wins are a QB stat. That's why I hate when people bring up like how many games Tom Brady has won or how many Super Bowls he's won. Like that's a that's a team stat that is not a quarterback stat. We've seen some great quarterbacks. I mean, everybody wants to, everybody talks about how Dan Marino is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And he was never able to win a super bowl. It's not because of Dan Marino. Dan Marino was fantastic through almost his entire career, but sometimes you need those weapons around you. I do agree with part of an argument that if your quarterback is elite, they raise the level around you. And we, and I would say it's fair to say, we've seen that with Justin Herbert with the chargers. Like, we saw what Keenan Allen was with Tyrod granted. It was just one game, but we also saw what Keenan Allen was last year with Phillip rivers. And he wasn't quite the guy that we, we thought he was Justin Herbert has revived the Keenan Allen as a wide receiver one train. We've seen him make guys like Jalen Guyton all of a sudden, all of a sudden possible worthy plays sometimes in fantasy because of what he can do. And he was someone I'm going to be honest. I had never even heard of until he caught a touchdown pass from Justin Herbert. No idea who the kid was. So he he's been phenomenal. I think it's, I think you could – for me, there's only one other argument you could make. I agree some of the wide receivers have been good. James Robinson, who's who's one of my picks for something later, uh, has been phenomenal, undrafted kid. Uh, but for me, the only other argument you can make is Burrow for what he's doing, and I, and I think Herbert has surpassed him because while Burrow has been fantastic, like – we talked. We were on the the Debbie Delight show this off season talking about rookie of the years, and and mine was Brandon I, you I thought I was trying to go a little bit outside the box, and he he's been phenomenal. But I, none of us thought Herbert was going to start as much as he has been. Herbert's going to be the one who breaks Baker's rookie touchdown record. It's not going to be Burrow, and none of us were talking about. It. Nobody's still talking about that, but he's ten away right now with seven games left. He's averaging three touchdowns a game, over three hundred yards a game, like. He's going to break it, in my opinion, and I could not be happier. I didn't want Burrow to do it. I like Burrow, but he was in Cincinnati. I don't want the Cincy Kitties to get anything. But if Justin Herbert's the one who does it, I'd be thrilled. So, yeah, he's my rookie of the year as well. I mean – The only way I see Burrow passing him is if Burrow just goes on a huge run here the second half of the season because while Burrow's putting up stats, he's also struggled a lot more, in my opinion, than Herbert has. We have yet to see that bad. Like, this week is what people have been saying is Herbert's bad game, and he still was phenomenal. Like, we have not seen a really bad game out of him like we have out of Burrow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's been really good. I'm, I'm with you. He's got a good chance of breaking that record.
2: Yeah, uh, All right, so Coach of the Year. I'm torn on this one. I cannot pick one. I love your pick, but I, I feel I wanted to go a little bit different. So give us yours, yours first.
1: So I'm with Mike Tomlin. I mean, the Steelers are 8-0. They're the only undefeated team. I think what they've done and, and, and beaten all comers is great. Mike Tomlin was really on the short list for me for Coach of the Year last year because they had – Literally no offense, and he he was able to pull that team together and will them to 8-8. Eight and eight. They kind of fell out of the playoff race. I thought that took him out of it. But, you know, he's just been such a calm and steady presence when he's been there. Um, you know, and you can never count the Steelers out. He's obviously got his work cut out from again this week. If, you know, it's possible Ben's out because he's on the COVID protocol, but I've just been impressed with the way that they've handled all these games. You know, I thought – Tennessee was going to hold them up, and they went in there and just throttled Tennessee. I thought Baltimore was going to be a challenge; they seemed to handle Baltimore pretty easily. Um, it's it's been a good good year for them, and they look like a, a real challenger.
2: Yeah, I mean for all the uh, Pigsburg squealers, uh slant and or not slant, uh, uh shade that I throw on this podcast. Uh I will never say a bad thing about Mike Tomlin. Outside of him trying to trip a Baltimore Ravens player on a and a kickoff return or punt return whatever that was a couple years ago. Uh Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in in football. I would say he's just a notch below Bill Belichick, um and that's just because he doesn't have as many Super Bowls, but Mike Tomlin is an absolute genius. He's a coach that if Pittsburgh was ever to be dumb enough to fire him, I would hope Cleveland would fire whoever they had and picked him up. Like I love Mike Tomlin uh, and he's been phenomenal this year, but my only arguments against or why I didn't go with him, I like guess not an argument against why I didn't go with him was we already knew Pittsburgh had a good team around him. And we kind of felt like the reason they didn't even make the playoffs last year was because they didn't have big Ben because they were a good team with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges at quarterback last year. They might have to be
1: a good team with Mason Rudolph
2: again. That is very true. So, yeah, I mean, for me, that that showed last year. I I know I was with you. I I know we talked about that a lot last year, that we both thought Mike Tomlin should have been coach of the year for what he did. I mean, he almost had him in the playoffs with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. So I'm with you. So I I decided to go a little bit different way, and I was torn between two guys, and it's more because – they were two teams that while we, as in like me, you, and I think Den, I know Dennis was on the Browns and so were you. No one was on the Cardinals. I was, there was a lot of people who thought they might be a trendy team, but I don't think anybody thought they were going to be as good as they have been. Now this last week's loss kind of has hurt them a little bit, I think in that, but for me, I have it as a tie between Stefanski and Kingsbury right now for what they've been able to do with those teams. And then they put them in playoff contention. You know, I, I would lean Stefanski, A little bit of bias and homerism, but at the same time, the Browns haven't made the playoffs in almost 20 years now. So if he's able to take that team and make them a playoff team, I honestly think he deserves at least consideration. Even if he doesn't win it, he should be considered in that top group because nobody's talking about this. We we talked about all offseason that we did not think teams that had new head coaches – new offensive coordinators, new defensive coordinators and all this stuff. were going to be very good because of the no practices, no off season, everything done zoom. And then the Browns are sitting at five and three and in a playoff spot right now with all of that, with a whole like new, everything. It wasn't just a, a new coach. I mean, new everything. And they've been able to make this work where Arizona at least was in this offense last year. Now. Yeah. They added new Copkins, but they still had the exact same offense and everything. The Browns, redid everything this year and they're sitting at five and three and have a realistic shot of making the playoffs. So I think for me, Stefanski at least needs to be in the conversation. Will he win it? If Mike Tomlin ends up going 14 and two, probably not. I I don't think that they go undefeated, uh, but I could honestly only see him. I looked at their schedule they're only going to lose one game, and it's going to be in Week 17 to the Browns, so the Browns can make the playoffs. That's right. I'm flip flopping. I just said I'm out. I'm back in. I uh, no. I, I honestly think they probably only lose one or two games. So the way
1: you're, the way your fantasy year is going, the Colts are going to somehow win the AFC oh. South, and Frank Greig's going to be coach of the year.
2: uh no. Uh, you know what? Probably. And you know what? Somehow the the the, the Lions will turn it around, and Matt Patricia is going to get extended, and.
1: Hey, that would have worked for me because preseason pick yeah, for of the year that
2: looks really it's real going yeah. to make me trade all of my Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift shares in a heartbeat if if both of those things happen. All right, let's go MVPs. Let's go NFL MVP first, and then we'll say fantasy MVP for last. Who is your NFL MVP?
1: So you can make a case for, I think a lot of, uh, or a handful of guys here. Russell Wilson is probably the one that has stood out the most, you know, Josh Allen, uh, was sort of making uh, a run at it. He cooled a little bit, had a big week last week, might've gotten back in there. I saw the guy, uh, you have listed, I'm not going to name check that, but that's not a bad one. Patrick Mahomes almost perennially. Um, I'm going with Alvin Kamara, uh, prior to the season, um, I said, and um, I believe it was Dennis who laughed the hardest, uh, that Kamara was going to have a 1,000-1,000 1, 1, season. Through eight games, he has 471 yards rushing, five touchdowns. He has 60 receptions, 565 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. So he looks like he's he's got a, a decent track. If you think about New Orleans had a pretty epic game on Sunday night, but they have actually had a pretty quietly decent season. They're now six and two, and they've done it almost entirely without Michael Thomas. And with at times us wondering about Drew Brees and that passing offense. Kamara has been the reliable rock that has kind of willed them to victory at times. And I, you know, non quarterbacks often don't get the kind of recognition in this category, but to me, you know, you could make a case from as NFL MVP. You could make a case from his fantasy MVP. He's been one of the few first consensus, first round picks. who's actually given you what you expected, but I just, I love the guy. I think he plays with a lot of heart and what he's done has been impressive.
2: No, I, I love that pick. And I would hope if there's three guys that I want to see win it, it's him, my guy. And then Russell Wilson, because you know, I've talked about it with Russell Wilson. He's, you know, we talked about it earlier in the year. He's the guy who's never received a first place vote. And and for what he's doing this year, like he he's the guy that I'm honestly kind of hoping wins it. But I'm gonna stick with a guy I picked earlier in the year, and that's Kyler Murray. I mean, I, I talked about it then. I felt like the trend lately has been that second year quarterback who takes the step up ends up winning it. Do Um, and, and that's all what all he's on doing. The Kyler Murray train. He is all on the Kyler Murray train. Uh Kyler Murray has been phenomenal. He's putting up better numbers at this point. Uh, at this point, mid-season now than Lamar Jackson was last year when he ended up winning his. And I do think the biggest for him to be in that consideration is Kyler's going to have to take his team to the playoffs. And again, we talked about even though they lost to Miami, which was a bad loss for the team, he was still phenomenal. He's gotten all these rushing yards. And the difference between him and Lamar, in in my opinion, is Kyler Murray is actually a competent thrower. And I don't mean that as like throwing shade toward Lamar. I just mean that as in like I would trust Kyler Murray to – if I needed him to step back and make a big throw, I I trust Murray more than I do Lamar.
1: Well, and he's got that signature win, uh, you know, over the Seahawks um, that if they can get into the playoffs, if they can make a run, you know, kind of, I think those worst to first stories often um, capture MVP voters too. Um, So definitely a guy can make a case that it's, it's actually been kind of a fun year seeing some of these different players, step up and really tote the water the first eight games. And hopefully that continues.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, it'll be fun to watch him move down the stretch. Cause I think it's really as weird as this is going to sound with, with what we expected from neck and I had the entire NFC West making the playoffs. So I, I now I don't think San Francisco's now, that's going to be the one that I missed on they're, they're unfortunately with the injuries and everything, I think they're kind of done, Uh but it's going to be fun to see them, and Seattle battle it out because had Seattle won against Buffalo, I think they'd have a better stranglehold on this division, but that loss right there hurts them as well. So Mm. what's going on? I I always feel bad when I get a Matthew, I want to call you Matt, but I know some Matthews don't like that. So, but what's going on, man? Thanks for jumping on here. Uh, All right. So the fantasy MVP, I I went a little bit different than you did. (laughs) I tried to go most bang for my buck. Uh, So I'll, I'll go first. And I went James Robinson, uh, he's the guy who obviously, if you grabbed him off the waiver wire week one, he's likely gonna possibly help you win a championship. In a weird year with um all these injuries at running back and everything, he's been one of the guys who's been most consistent. He was a guy you literally likely got undrafted. We were just talking about this off air, uh, that when when the drafts were going on, everybody was talking about Ryquel Armstead and Divine Azigbo. I drafted Raiquell Armstead in a couple of spots because we had just found out that uh the that Why was I going to – I forgot his name now. Leonard Fournette got cut. I yes. could not remember the life of me think of his name. Leonard Fournette ended up getting cut. So everybody was thinking Armstead, Ozigbo, and then it's James Robinson who comes out. And maybe he never does that if Armstead, unfortunately, doesn't get sick with COVID and everything. Uh, but he has, and he's made the best of a chance, and I think has made his way into a second contract as well here with the Jags. So he he was my pick. What about you? And then Matt and Emerson, we will answer your questions once uh, Matt gives his uh, MVP really quick.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um, You know, if you were going on kind of the low end guys who have maybe slung you to a championship, he's right up there. Miles Gaskin would be another guy, kind of a a waiver wire running back uh, that puts it over under six wins. I was
2: going to let you finish first. I was just throwing it up there so you can look at Um,
1: it real quick. You know, receiver terms, I think we've seen T. Higgins become a a reliable star. That's a good one. What I went with is DK Metcalf, um, you know, where you were coming in. It's not that people weren't drafting him. We were, but he was kind of going in that that wide receiver two-pack. He's been wide receiver three on the season so far. He has had some incredibly explosive games that have been real day winners for you, 788 yards eight touchdowns, 43 receptions so far. Um, And he's done it well. Tyler Lockett's also been good. You know, there was a question, would would one have to trade off of the other? Lockett has 53 for 615 and seven. They've both been explosive. You know, some of that probably thanks to Russell Wilson and the let Russ cook. But, um, you know, anytime you have a guy out there, Metcalf, who's being compared to Jerry Rice by his quarterback, you know, that's a a pretty good sign, and he, he has looked incredible. Also, gave us the play of the year uh, so far, uh, where he chased down Buddha Baker on yeah. that interception. Oh, That's the, the meme of the, out the of that. year. Oh, so, awesome. I mean, it's been incredible. Um, so, he's a guy that I think, you know, another one I told you uh, off air, I looked at Calvin Ridley for some of the same yeah. reason. He just can't stay on the field, but those are two guys that have taken huge steps up that for where you were drafting them have been that kind of elite wide receiver. You need to help kind of carry you to the top.
2: All right. So to some of the questions here, uh, over under six wins for the NFC East, I'm actually going to go over. I I do think that the Eagles are going to win it. Uh, I just looked at their schedule for me. They have five winnable games. Um, and so I, I, I'm going to, they're right now three, six, and one. I think they could win four of them. I mean, the Cowboys have looked better, but they have the Cowboys, they have Washington, and they have the Giants all again. So I think all three of those are easily winnable games that puts them right there at six, four, and one. Except
1: they, they lost to Washington. They
2: played them well. First. Yeah. But they also, I felt like that was a game where we, we talked about at the beginning. I think like they sat Miles Sanders because they thought they were easily going to win it. They they don't look like the same team they did back earlier. They really look like they've kind of slowly turned it around. A little bit. They're getting healthy. Those are three winnable games, and then they have a couple really tough games with Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Cardinals. So they also have the Browns in there. So if they can get one more out of those, they're going to get to seven. So I think that they will get to seven wins, uh, and that will win them the NFC East. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think they'll have to get to at least seven wins. I find
1: it hard to believe we're going to have a division winner that's less than seven wins.
2: Yeah. All right, so should I trade Galladay and Singletary for Taylor and Ayuk? Is this a dynasty trade? If it is, you know what? If it's redraft, I'm doing it actually now that I think about it because I still don't know when Galladay's coming back, and I think I'd rather have Taylor and Ayuk. As bad as Taylor's been, Singletary's been worse. So I, I would I would take Taylor and Ayuk. In all honesty, dynasty-wise, I'd probably lean that side too. Ayuk's a guy I would try and trade for. I think he's going to... I think, and I, I've been saying this for, I think he's the new Debo Samuel because Debo cannot stay healthy. Ayuk can, and I think Ayuk's going to be more that guy. What What are your thoughts, Matt?
1: Yeah, I would probably do it in both formats, too. I like Galladay, but we don't know where uh, he sets redrafts. Redraft, that yes, I yeah, that would definitely do it,
2: yeah. Hit except before he realizes what he's done. Do it quickly because, yeah, that, that's a big
1: win for you. you in redraft right now?
2: Yeah. All right, so choose 2 full point PPR, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, or DeAndre Swift. All right, let me pull up who they're playing really quick because that's going to determine. I'm probably Deontay is one of the guys for me. My biggest problem with Deontay is we don't know if Big Ben's going to be playing or not, and if he's not, then I'm going Cooks and Swift. I, I I can't trust Deontay with Mason Rudolph. I just can't. As much as I love Deontay Johnson, but. So Texans have Browns, so you're definitely starting Brandon Cooks because the Browns could not stop me running routes out there with Stevie Wonder passing me the ball. So you're definitely starting Brandon Cooks. He is going to be good this week. The Lions, who are the Lions playing? Why can't I find the Lions on this list? Oh, Washington. Oh, Oh, Okay, so I'm probably going Brandon Cooks and Deontay Johnson. But, I mean, what are are your thoughts on if Big Ben doesn't play? Because I'd hate to pivot to – DeAndre Swift against Washington is that's a scary matchup for me, especially with as much as they're using carry on and they're using uh, Adrian Peterson and Matthew. I see your question. We'll get to that here in a yeah. minute as well. And Deontay
1: Johnson, when he started to come on last year, was actually with uh, with Rudolph and Hodges. So I would probably play the two wide receivers as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I love Deontay Johnson. I don't think you'll find a bigger truth rather than me, but that's a uh, losing big men is going to hurt him. So I do think that they're going to kind of pivot to to other players. And I got best team ever: Herbert, Dalvin, Metcalf, AJ Brown, Chris Carson, James Robinson, Pittsburgh defense, and Goddard. I'm four hundred points ahead. Also, yes, very nice. Herbert, Dalvin, Metcalf alone is good. And then add in A.J. Brown, Chris Carson, James Robinson's obviously been a step. Pittsburgh, man, that's the one thing that I've realized this year more than ever that I think I'm going to start pivoting to in my redraft leagues, and that's grabbing a top defense. Like, I'm always that guy who grabs a defense right at the end of redrafts, and lately, I've been trying to kind of uh, stream them, and it's just not working for me. I'm not getting that. Where if you get Pittsburgh, it's like I know you got to grab them in probably like round 13 or whatever. But I mean, I've looked at my draft, some of the guys I grabbed in round 13 aren't even on my team anymore. Round 13, 14. Why not just grab a defense you know you can just plug in every single week? You don't have to worry about it. Like
1: the guy in Pittsburgh, I grabbed in you're round. plugging oh, yeah. in, even
2: if they're going. Well, that's true too. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Yeah. That's, that's been ridiculous. But yeah, I, I I think that's the one thing I've learned is that I think defenses, if you get one of those top five that you can just plug in every week and just be like, you know what? I'm like, I don't have to worry about it. Even if they're going up against Seattle's offense this year, they're going to get me points. Like just plugging it in and forget it instead of having a stream. Like, I mean, I'm trying to get like Titan Washington one week, the Browns one week, just trying to figure out best matchups. And it sucks.
1: Uh- Patriots last year, the Patriots defense special teams was yeah. the midseason fantasy MVP because they were they were clocking people, they were putting up huge points. I don't know that we've seen any defenses putting up that level no. this year, but there is a big gulf between that and the people that it feels like you need people that are good enough that even in bad matchups they're going to get you two or three points. What you don't want is the defense that's going to give you negative three points. You'd be better off not even playing. And to suck points off.
2: Yeah. So like for me, the ones that I look at, um, which is weird too, because I just I'm pulling up the the team rankings, but like going into the season for me, it would have been like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. Now Seattle would have been up there, and we've realized now quickly that Seattle's not one of those. Uh, But, like, Kansas City is always up there. You know, the interesting ones for me right now is is Miami and New York are sitting up there, which is kind of surprising. Miami, we've seen, has been good, and I'm sure some of that may have come from the huge outing they had last week with the multiple turnovers and touchdowns. Uh, But New York, like, this is one of the things I've talked about uh, all season when you guys joke on Friday that New York Giants don't have a good defense. They do have a good defense. Their their defense is actually – stopping people and getting turnovers. The problem is Daniel Jones keeps giving them the ball, like the 30-yard line, and so they're able to put up points. But the Giants' defense is actually sitting at number six right now. Oh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was a team I know we talked about coming into the year was going to have a good defense. They've been up there as well. Now, obviously, this last Sunday wasn't a great performance if you started. Which, did you see the, the Dynasty Nerds retweet of that one dude's lineup? No. Oh, all Cowboys? No, no. He started like an, a legit team. His team scored 12 points. 12 points. I wish I'll I wish. i I'll have it for Thursday. I'll go back and find it. But
1: There was a couple of Dynasty League teams where I was not trying to win uh, because yeah. I was trying to get a better draft pick, and I did win. And there were a couple of teams where I set a good lineup because I was trying to win for a playoff position, and I got yeah. smoked. So yeah. that has been fantasy in – 2020, 2020. 2020.
2: That's the one thing that's keeping me sane is like, you know what? It's just, it's been a weird year. Cause like I went that one that I was complaining about with Damian Harris last night, like I'm sixth in points. So technically I should be a playoff team, right? The guy who's in first place is third to last. He's only scored 800 points on the entire season, but he's just managed every week to pull out that one win. And then I went and looked at points against. 1,500 points against my team. The next closest is 1,100, and I was like, this is why fantasy football is complete bullshit, and I hate it.
1: And that that Burkhead touchdown hurt you and me both because I'm one of the teams where I was not trying to win. Burkhead's massive performance gave me a (laughs) five-point win, and I'm like, what the F? I started him. I should have just played James Robinson, I guess.
2: I was I was all for Damian Harris getting that touchdown. I would be sitting at four and five right now, feeling much better because three and six is not where I want to be sitting right now in that league. All right, one more full point PPR. Choose one. Swift, Melvin, Gordon, Fournette, or Marvin Jones. Man, I'm gonna be honest with you, Trey. None of those are great options. Um yeah, Fournette's playing
1: Carolina, so
2: Yeah, Fournette, ten, probably. Potentially.
1: Although uh Kansas City couldn't run against Carolina, so that gave me a
2: moment of pause. Well, just I just think Tyree I, is putting up 30 ething points against me. That's I'm why.
1: Probably doing Swift and Fournette and just hoping for the best.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me right now, those would be the only two that I'm leaning toward. I'd probably go Fournette more, because as we just mentioned, with Swift going up against Washington and being in that timeshare. I mean, Washington's good against the run. And and that would be my biggest worry. I don't I don't think they're going to be necessary. well, I guess they could be competitive because who knows what's going to happen with Washington. But, yeah, I know Damien got a chest injury. I'm not mad about the chest injury. I'm mad that he got the ball down to, like, the two-yard line multiple times last night and then they pulled him out for Rex Effing-Burkhead. That, that's what I'm <laughs> upset about because I just needed a touchdown, and I win, and and I'm that's all. Yeah, I know – hey, Trey, I feel you. I feel you. Again, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know – I guess you would consider an analyst doing this. And and I've got a lot of teams right now, staring up at three and six seasons and wondering what's wrong with my life and why I'm still doing this. So I feel you buddy. It's been a rough year for a lot of people, unfortunately. All right, let's talk waiver wire guys and we'll get out of here. There's really not a lot, uh, but I tried to find as much as possible here. So for QB, um, the two lowest ones, we try to go guys that are rostered under 50% that I think are intriguing for me Tua and cousins, uh, you know, Cousins, especially with what Dalvin Cook is doing uh, in the receiving game, is really helping put his numbers up as well. So those are the two guys for me. Cousins, 30%, two at 25%. And then Jared Goff, I saw was dropped in a couple redraft leagues that I'm in. He's still rostered at 58%. Uh, he's got the guy that I would, if he's available, I'd grab him. We've got two yeah. big names in in Mahomes and Matt Ryan that are on buys this week. Uh, so those are the guys that I'm looking at to replace him. Uh, he won me the game i went against him and won by one uh Damian harris did that's good man i'm happy for it, you know? if my team suffer at least someone else gets a win right that that's what matters uh but four and six so i'm playing on hey yeah you don't don't quit i, I kid when i say i'm retiring if you you know if if you're sitting there like us with bad teams, you just you got to keep playing it out. You know, you'll you'll have better years. It's just been unfortunately two bad years in a row for me in this one league. That some I really some years you're Mike
1: Tomlin, some years you're Adam Gase.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been Adam Gase for two years, and I'm expecting my fantasy GM to fire me this year as well. So it's it's not been pretty. But what about those quarterbacks uh, for you?
1: I'm with you. Goff should be rostered, I think, everywhere. Um, He's not had the heights he had in some seasons, but still up there. If I'm looking between the other two, I'm actually taking a shot on Tua. Um, You know, the question was about his mobility. He looks like he's running pretty well. He looks like he's settling into that offense. I was impressed with what he did last week.
2: Yeah, if I had to go, obviously, Goff first, then Tua Cousins for me as well. Running backs, Uh, so Duke Johnson, again, this is all dependent on David Johnson being ruled out. As far as I've seen, he's not been ruled out, but they haven't said he's going to play yet. Again, Cleveland is still a upper tier defense. I believe there's 10 against the run, so you're probably not looking at much, but I guess you could go with the revenge game narrative as he was traded away from Cleveland. Uh, Let's see. He is sitting at 17% rostered, JD McKissick at 26, and then an interesting one for me. A lot of people dropped him, and... I don't know if he can have that coming off the bi-week surge like we kind of saw from Dobbins, although Baltimore then just stopped giving him the ball too. Uh, but Cam Akers is only sitting at 30% roster. What are your thoughts on those three?
1: Um, if we don't find out that D- David Johnson is out, the only one I'm interested in is McKissick, and he would be my highest pick no matter what. Um, he's got some good uh, receiving game work. I see the comment about...
2: Kalen Blage, Garbage? But, no, Kalen but, Garbage uh, is not the pickup. Justin
1: Jackson at this point looks like he might actually play. And I think if Justin yeah. Jackson's back, that knocks it
2: out. And that's well, too. Kalen, Kalen Garbage has already been moved back down to the practice squad. So he is yeah, not. So. Uh, I don't think Definitely not this the pickup.
1: Yeah, and Troy Main Pope would probably come back. I mean, they, they probably yeah. would put some of those guys. McKissick to me has had a, a defined role. Um, in some formats like if you play on sleeper he has both running back and wide receiver eligibility which is great because you can use him to plug a lot of the lineup holes
2: yeah uh, McKissick would be my top one as well because it definitely looks like it's going to be Alex Smith and we saw Alex Smith was checking it down to him every chance that he got we've seen Alex Smith do that in the past as well so McKissick I think is going to have a huge role moving forward as long as at least uh Uh, Smith is back there QB which might be the rest of the season because we we haven't seen any indication they want to go back to Dwayne Haskins so it'd be him for me Duke second and then Akers you know like I mentioned with P Ryan earlier in the season is like that Hail Mary pickup I mean he could do something he's a talented back uh, but I haven't last we heard Darrell Henderson was hurt going into the bye week. And I haven't heard anything about him being back yet. Same with like a Joe Mixon type. So I would also bring up if someone dropped Giovanni Bernard going into the bye week. There was a lot of talk this morning that Mixon still might not be back this week. So Bernard's another guy. I didn't look to see. I can look it up really quick, uh how available he is. Cause if if Mixon's not playing. Bernard is a guy that I think I would move to the top of my list over all those guys. Uh, Giovanni, Bernard. It looks Bern. like
1: when I saw that Henderson was tracking to play too, they said it wasn't that serious and he could have probably played last week.
2: Okay. Bernard is at 51% rostered. So if he did get dropped in your league, again, I'm not saying that Mixon won't play, but we haven't heard anything. Like they said it was day to day and then he missed two weeks straight and then went into the bye week. So maybe he'll be good, but I haven't heard anything positive about him either.
1: Yeah, Henderson says uh, is not expected to miss any time after a thigh injury forced him from previous week's loss.
2: Uh, wide receivers, so two of which we saw in the game last night. Rashad Perriman at 7%, Jacoby Myers at 14%, and then two Packers wide receivers were the ones that stood out to me. MVS at 15 and Alan Lazard, who was activated off the IR, uh, so he has to come back either this week or next week, uh, is sitting at 38%. How would you attack these wide receivers?
1: Um, so Myers is the guy we talked about. I'm going to get him. Um, Perriman, they're on a buy this week, so you wouldn't get a ton out of that right away. And the other thing is I, I have long-term questions. I was interested in what I saw Would that change. If they go back to Sam Darnold, you figure if Darnold is healthy, they're going back to him. So that's why I would probably have him at the bottom of the list. Lazard is probably the one I would go get. Um, MVS is what he is. Uh, I don't, I have him rostered in a few places. I don't mind him, but he's more of a Hail Mary pick. You hope he's going to get a couple of big ones and make your day and get a touchdown. I felt like Lazard was probably a more steady um, option. He may not have as high a ceiling as MVS, but he probably has a more stable floor. So for me, it'd be Myers, then Lazard, then MVS, then Paramount.
2: Yeah, uh I, I'm with you. I think uh Myers is a guy we talked about earlier when we were breaking down the game with uh, with really them looking like they're not gonna get Edelman back anytime soon. He's gonna be the one there. Uh if Cam Newton can be anything close to what he was like last night, he Myers is gonna be a smash grab there, 14% rostered. He'd be the guy that I'd attack if you need a wide receiver. Now, don't expect 169 yards every week, but I do think he can get you close to wide receiver two numbers as long as he's gonna be the number one guy. We saw him have a bunch of good weeks last year as well. Uh, and then tight end, there was really only one name that stood out to me. And that was Irv Smith jr. He's rostered in 7% of leagues. Um, You know, I would take a shot on him depending on who your tight ends are. Again, I, I would cap the ceiling just because we know that they don't throw the ball a ton there in Minnesota, but it was cool. Or I should say, cool. it was interesting to see them get him so involved down in the red zone. And if they can continue to get him involved down there, if he just gets you one touchdown, that makes your day right there at the tight end position. So Irv Smith, again, depending on what your tight end options are as a guy that I would grab.
1: I think he should be rostered everywhere based on what we've seen so far.
2: All right. That'll do it. Uh, for all those who jumped in the chat, thank you. That always makes these Tuesday, Thursday shows where there's not much to talk about. Uh, a little bit more fun just to get to talk about that stuff. Uh, me and Matt will be back on Thursday. We will preview Titans...
1: Titans-Colts, which is actually a first
2: place game. The other thing is, if
1: you're a fan of The Mandalorian, we yeah, are going We'll preview the game first. But uh, as long as you're caught up on the first two episodes, chapters 9 and 10, we'll give you a little bit of a warning when we're going to transition. But we're going to do a little Mandalorian corner on Thursdays for our shared love of yes. our hero
2: i'm excited I'm, I'm excited about that i i just got to watch uh i actually just re-watched episode 10 because my youngest son is uh very much into it it's actually funny because they come up to uh they come up to my job now because of my wife's new work and he had the the mandalorian mask on it was walking around this is the way so uh, i am excited we re-watched it again yesterday i'm excited to talk about that so yeah we will we will recap the game first and then we'll Probably jump into any news. I mean, obviously, we'll we'll probably Big Ben will be a big topic on if he's tested negative so far or positive. Anything. We'll we'll talk a little NFL news to give you guys a heads up. Hey, we're gonna talk Mandalorian after we get done with this. Then we'll give you another heads up and then we'll jump into it. So if you guys haven't any, any of those who I see are still watching, you guys are big fans of the Mandalorian. Stop back in Thursday and you guys are more will, welcome to comment. It'll be fun little to talk about that. So me and Matt will be back again on Thursday with that. Good luck to everybody in your waiver wire claims. We will talk to you guys again on Thursday.